Hello strangers, my name is Rose Goldthorpe. I am the writer-director of this podcast and I want to welcome you to The Greenlands Presents. This podcast is all about the magical world of the Greenlands. If you want more information about the Greenlands or want to submit a script or be involved in the project as a voice actor or even just, you know, throw money at us, check out our websites at the-greenlands.com, the-greenlands.com or tweet at us on Twitter at GreenlandsThe or Instagram. These also will be put on YouTube. adventurers long time no here rose here i hope you're all doing well i want to thank you so much for your support we have been running this podcast now for almost a whole year it's been a bit of an experience as you probably noticed all of the seasons are now up on podbean i cracked and finally paid for it <laughs> so now all of seasons one and two and as we're going three will be up on podbean our youtube account is still lagging on the uploads because to upload one half an hour of video takes us four hours at the moment which is painful <laughs> we also managed to keep up a regular upload schedule on podbean whereas before it was sort of every two weeks roughly speaking now we have every other friday we will have a new greenlands episode i repeat every other friday we will have a greenlands episode i'm very happy about that anyway thank you very much for listening to me i love y'all into the episode Scene 86. Interior, castle, kitchen, day. Ethelberta and Imelda have their sleeves rolled up, and Imelda has a parchment on an old book and is trying to enter Ethelberta's inventory count. Ethelberta is poking her head into a barrel, and the old cook is watching her, concernedly. Hmm, we only have a quarter barrel of sprats, Mistress Eelworthy. Indeed, Mistress. I be a telling her ye... I's be due another barrel next month when Gladwin the carter returns from town. Are they fully salted, or only kel smoked and partially salted? Oh, these be fully kippered and all. These be be smokies, all right, but they, they won't last long in this heat, though. Ethelberta stands up from her inspection. Well, that covers fish. Now, how many bees do you have, please? Oh, oh, it ain't got none. You're just making do with a couple of oggets till Gladwin gets back. Gets back with what? We have our own cattle, both from the home farm and from tenants' dues. Cook rolls her eyes. Ah, well, er, uh, uh, tenants' dues, is it? Uh, well, the Baron is going to have to get his steward onto our tenants. Because I, I rarely see uh, tenants' dues from one year to next. But why didn't you tell me this? Uh, and then... Well, I, you'd be busy with wedding, my lady, you know. I, I didn't like to trouble ye. Ethelberta rolls her eyes and sighs at Imelda, who scribbles something down. Yes, well, can we see the contents of the buttery, then? Uh, and she strides off, followed by the other two. Ah, now, uh, about that, uh, 
Well, uh, Spillikin said as uh, I was to have a word with you about that, me, me lady. It's just a matter of... Scene 87. Exterior. The current of the middle sun outside the front door. Day. Three young knights are adjusting their stirrups and mounting their horses, whilst a plump middle-aged priestess, Sister Bloodwin, cheerily loads them up with food, which they have problems finding room for. A slightly older, more ascetic-looking priestess, Mother Euphema, smiles benignly on, and her companion is a beautiful, voluptuous young novice, Novice Patience. Now, Sir Adamant, do remember to give my best wishes to your mother, and to the Baron, of course. Certainly, Mother. And thank you again for all of your kindness to us. And for healing my hand. He waves it at her, and Euphema smiles at him. Your hand healed itself, my son. Our poor efforts only ensured that no disease caught hold meanwhile. Ooh, and good food. Good food is the basis of good health. Sir Knights, none of your sweet wines and sugared sweetmeats and the like. Bloodwin has taken to stuffing loaves of bread into the knight's already bulging saddlebags, concentrating with her tongue half out. Yes, well, I, I think they've had enough now, Sister Bloodwin. We don't want the horses collapsing before they have reached Brethnack Castle. Bloodwin remembers herself and steps back, shamefacedly, still with the loaf in each hand. The knights turn their horses' heads away. Farewell and thanks, mother. They walk their horses away. Farewell, my sons. Uh, be seen, ya. <laughs> Euphema and Patience wave a handkerchief after the knights and Bloodwin a pointy loaf. Scene 88. Exterior woodland, thorny scrub, day. Yisa is a bit lost, ploughing her way through woodland. She is in thorny undergrowth and gets her gown caught on a thorn tree and has to tear it loose. She is annoyed. Oh, for Etty's teeth! Yes, leave me here, Burb. I would. She ploughs on and then looks around. Village! Village! Scene 89. Exterior village in day. There are two peasants resting on a bench outside of the inn and drinking from their tankards. Yisa staggers up to the door, looking a bit bedraggled. Um, good day. Excuse me, but is the landlord here, please? Oh, I. Master Staggers, he be round the back. Oh, I'll just go and find... I wouldn't be doing of that, my lady. But I need a horse. Oh, a horse be it you need. Yisa is getting a bit impatient. Yes, well, I'll just go and... Better not, if things be told. Well, why not? Does the landlord not want business, then? Well, not when he's doing his own business, as it were. He do so strain at that stool, he do. A stool? Oh, a stool. Hmm, yes. Realisation dawns on Yusa. Oh! She sinks down onto the other bench and sighs. Goodman staggers, staggers around the corner and sinks somewhat shatteredly onto the other end of Yisa's bench. Yisa turns to regard him. Are you Master Staggers? He looks up, a bit blearily. Hmm? Oh! He gets up and tries to look a bit more lively while wiping his hands on his dirty apron. Morning, milady. Can I buy a horse, please? Well, I don't usually sell horses like. You's asked to go into the big town for that, milady. Have you nothing? Well, I suppose. 
There's always Supple Sam. Supple Sam? Can he walk? She gets up. Oh, aye, he can walk. Well, please bring him immediately. Oh, and can I buy some food whilst you're saddling him? That be five florins. With the tack, my lady. Lisa gets the five coins out and looks at them. Oh, well, yes, please. The two peasants raise their tankers to her, smile and quaff. The landlord hurriedly returns around the back of the ramshackle building. Lisa sinks down again onto the bench. Scene 90. Exterior, countryside, lane, day. The three young knights are rising along, joking, laughing and singing, in solo and chorus. Various members of the peasantry tug their forelocks or wave at our heroes. Scene 91. Exterior, countryside, lane, day. Supple Sam is walking slowly, at a dead pace, with his head down. Yisa is looking hangdog dismayed. Sam, can you not go faster? You don't seem very supple to me. She urges him on, rocking her body urgently, and then flaps her reins impotently. But Sam totally ignores her and continues at a dead slow pace. Yisa rolls her eyes in ironic dismay. Scene 92, interior, castle solar day. Ethelberta is seated at her table, and Emilda is sewing. There is an occasional jeer and bang from outside. Ethelberta looks up from her parchment. Well, your figures add up to, um, eight days' worth of food for all of the garrison. Oh dear, that's not much, is it? We'll just have to await the arrival of the boys. Yes, and then after they and the Baron have killed all the brigands, they can go and rescue Issa and kill her captors as well. The Baron can then torture the chief to tell us why he decided to attack us. Uh, torture? Uh, yes, um, don't you think you're getting a little bloodthirsty, Imelda? This is Weesa's happiness at stake here. We have to rescue her first, before we can find her a husband. Yes, of course. But we'll have to start all over again with the suitor hunting. Imelda stops sewing and looks into the distance. You know, I rather think that we liked one of Adamant's squire friends. Ethelberta looks unpleasantly surprised. I should jolly well hope not. They were all commoners. Imelda returns to her sewing. Oh well, perhaps I was wrong. Scene 93. Exterior, countryside lane, day. Burb and Kazak are trotting hard and straining ahead to see along the lane. Kazak sees someone first and he stands in his stirrups. That's them! That's them, I'm sure of it! Burb stands similarly, and peers with screwed eyes. You've got good eyes, Zack! I can't... Wait! That looks like them! Yeah! He kicks his horse into a gallop, followed by Kazak. They gallop up the road, shouting yeah. As the knights hear and see two figures on horseback pelting towards them, they draw their swords until they see who it is. It's okay, you two. It's only Burb. <laughs> the nit. Burb and Kazak pull up at a screech. Hello, you lot. Father says you have to come quickly. They're attacking. Who is attacking? Some brigands. Why? I don't know. There's loads of them. Hundreds. Adamant turns and shrugs to the others. We'd better round up the tenantry on our way through the village. He turns back to Burb. Thanks for this, you two. Come on! He gallops off, followed by the other four. 
Dub throws a pump fist as he takes off. Yeehaw! Scene 94, exterior, castle, immediate parkland, day. Yisa arrives, quietly around the side of the castle, near a small rise and some bushes. She ties Supple Sam to a tree. She peers out and sees the besiegers yelling threats up at the ramparts. As she watches, in sudden shock and amazement, Yisa suddenly sees Stettel open a sally port near her and wave his handkerchief to the brigands. Yisa sees the brigands cheer and pour into the main courtyard of the castle through the port. Yisa hurriedly searches in the ivy, finds the door and dives through it, closing it behind her. Scene 95. Exterior, castle, roof of keep, day. The Baron and his retainers have retreated to the roof, from the curtain wall ramparts. They are staggering out onto the leads from the door to the top stairs. Gudgeon exits onto the roof last. He staggers through, wheezing after running up a long flight. The Baron is giving orders as to the emplacement of Verb's gun, and others are shooting down arrows, or just brandishing agricultural implements and hurling insults. The Baron comes over to Gudgeon, who is bent over, wheezing. Well done, Gudgeon. Had to drag you all up here, though, you know. Now the swine have got into the courtyard. How did that happen? I'm afraid that your brother, Father Brethne, let them in, sire. The brigands start bashing at the keep doors with their shoulders and hurling execrations up to the roof. What? You saw him? Yes, my lord. Spillikins and I were down in the courtyard collecting a sack of Burb's bang powder when we saw him open the sally port and wave his handkerchief. The baron stamps his feet and gnashes his teeth. Eddie's teeth! I'll hang him for this. Scene 96. Exterior, castle parapet and courtyard, day. The baron stamps furiously over to his men and looks out over the top of the parapet. Just in time to see Adamant and his two friends on horseback, leading about 30 tenants, pour up to the main gate, hammer on it, sound a hunting horn. My sons! My sons! Robin! Open the portcullis! Open the gate! Robin! Robin opens the gate and portcullis, and Adamant and his followers, his mounted friends and his tenantry on foot, pour into the courtyard and start attacking the brigands, and Stettel, who has now acquired a sword. The Baron and his six followers race back to the roof door, race down the steps, exit the keep, and join the fray. Yisa appears at the keep door and is hitting any brigands that pass by with a chair. Ethelberta is behind her and keeps trying to pull her back, but she shrugs her mother off. The knights and Quinn easily kill and maim quite a few brigands, as the boys are in the saddle and the brigands aren't. The newly arrived tenants also start to get the better of the brigands. Yisa's chair is torn from her, and a cudgel aimed at her head by a particularly large brigand, when Morag gallops up and the sweep of his sword removes the offending cudgel arm. Morag bends to kiss Yisa, and then gallops off to round up the remaining brigands who have started to down arms. Ethelberta stares in horror at Yisa, who half turns to her. Well, he did just save my life. Ethelberta makes yes-but facial expressions. Well done, lad! The Baron grabs two brigands, smashes their heads together, and throws them to the floor. He puts his hands on his hips and approvingly surveys the scene. The tenantry, Burb and Kazah, give a big cheer as the remaining brigands all then down weapons.
Scene 97, Interior, Castle Dining Hall, Afternoon. The Baron is seated in the middle of one long side of his great table, and Adamant and the Sheriff are seated either side of him. Ethelberta, Imelda, and Yisa are seated around one end. Adamant's other two friends, Morag and Quinn, along with six retainers of the Baron, are sprinkled, sitting along the walls, looking grim. Two of the sheriff's constables drag in a tied-up, struggling brigand chief and stand him before the sheriff. The baron looks at his colleague. My lord sheriff, what would you have done with this invader of domestic sanctuary? This man has been the scourge of the country for the last couple of decades. I'd blame myself for not ridding the land of him sooner. He turns to the constables. Take him to the county jail. I intend to commit him to the next assizes. They can deal with him. Next. The constables take away the struggling chief. Another couple of constables lead in an embarrassed, beaten Stettel, who, in turn, stands before his brother and the sheriff. Shall I also commit your brother, Baron? Surely not, my lord. Then Baron glares at Stettel. Is this how you repay me and my family for decades of generosity to you? Stettel looks down and shuffles his feet, but then looks meaningfully at Ethelberta. Oh, Harold, we don't want the stain of fratricide upon our house. Ha! Ah, didn't seem to bother him. Ethelberta looks beseechingly at Harold. Oh, Eddie's teeth. Can we just banish the blighter instead, Sheriff? If you're sure, Baron. To the constables. Escorted from these shores at Elvenwald. Your return here sees the instant removal of your head on my orders. Do you understand that, sir? Stettel nods his head. The two constables bow and lead Stettel out. The sheriff turns to the baron. The brigands are to be given the choice of armed service and fealty for bed and board with your lordship, or the gallows on the morrow. If there are no battles to be fought, they are to work your home farmlands in the interim. Would that be useful to you, baron? It would indeed, sheriff. The sheriff stands. Then I propose that we retire to enjoy your hospitality and the return of your son and his friends who came to your aid in the nick of time. He bows to the baron, and Ethelberta sighs with relief. Scene 98, Interior, Castle Baron's Bedroom, Evening. The Baron is sitting up in bed, putting on his nightcap. Ethelberta comes through from the garderobe with her hair unbound. She sits meekly on the bed, looking a bit shy. The Baron pats his side of the bed. Now come over here, my dear, and give your old beefy a cuddle. Ethelberta turns to the Baron and mournfully shakes her head. Oh, Harold... I don't think you'll want to cuddle when I tell you what I did. Oh, I'm so sorry, Harold. I didn't think this would happen. The Baron looks puzzled and pats the bed again. What in Greenland's is the woman about? Come over here, you silly old trout. Ha! A rhyme! He smiles and is pleased with himself. It was me. I told Stettel to attack the castle. What? And kidnap Weasel and try to kill me? Well, not that but just to ask some men to wave some spears around so that... She starts so that you sobbing. Would, you would... You... The Baron lunges across the bed and grabs her. He rolls her up in his arms and kisses her. He puts his finger on her mouth to stop her sobbing and talking. Well, you're even more of a silly old trout than I thought. I was just planning to raid the brigands with the sheriff anyway and deploy them more usefully as serfs when... It now seems you forced my hand. Yes, but Stettel... Yeah, glad to be rid of the blighter. I won't constantly be haunted by his envy and greed anymore. 
Ethelberta burrows into his chest, below his shoulder. Uh, I'm so, so sorry, Harold. The Baron waggles his eyebrows at her. Well, you'll just have to show me how much, then. Ethelberta takes a slow peep into his eyes. Scene 99. Interior, castle dining hall, evening. The hall has the big table and two depending tables full of diners and servants coming and going. The Baron bangs the hilt of his knife on the table and the roar subsides. A toast to my two sons who returned yesterday and fought off the invaders of our home, Adamant and Burb. The company rise and hold up their tankards. Adamant, Adamant and, and Burb! They drink. Adamant and Burb smile at one another. Everyone sits, but the Baron remains standing. And I just want to make a couple of announcements. We are going to be acquiring a band of armed retainers to add to our kith and kin here. My oldest son, whom I congratulate on his rise to the knighthood, will have the charge and training of these men who will, in the future, form the garrison of Brethnach. Do you think you can manage this, my boy? Adamant smiles widely and nods. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. The Baron looks at Burb. And a certain young man, my son, Burb, can have his training brought forward and begin, as of tomorrow, as official squire to Sir Morag. Burb nods and looks delightedly at his father. Thank you, sir. And, Sir Knights, your accolade will be held this coming Christmas at this, my home. The Baron gestures for the musicians to start. Well, get on and shake a leg, you youngsters, then. The music and dancing starts. Adamant grabs Clarissa and whirls her around. Burb does likewise with a young girl. Other couples join in. Ethelberta, missing Yisa, leaves the table to find her. Ethelberta finds her behind a screen, kissing Morag. Risa! Sir, you will go immediately and sleep in the stables. I will not have you rest your head in this house where you have sullied our daughter. Sorry, Mum. He leaves. I don't care if he was a commoner. He's a knight now, and... And I love him. Ethelberta shivvies her way back to the dining hall dance floor. I don't care about your loves, dear. We'll talk of it in the morning. Meanwhile, you are the mistress of the dance. Go and look after your dancers. The Baron sees his two women arrive and puts out his hand, which Ethelberta takes. Can we, my dear? Ethelberta smiles. Well, we're not that old yet, dear. They walk out onto the floor. Scene 100, Interior Castle Solar, Morning. Ethelberta, Imelda, and Yisa are sitting and sewing. Suddenly, the door opens and the Baron strides in, followed by his sons and Quinn in their outdoor clothes. Ethel! Where's Morag? I want to get the boys working and sorting these brigands out, but I can't find the lad anywhere. He wasn't at breakfast. Have you seen him? She made him sleep in the stables, father. You made the Prince of Halstedon sleep in the stables? Ethelberta and Yisa jump to their feet. Yisa looks amazed and delighted, and Ethelberta looks horrified. The Prince of... Halstedon! The lad and I were on an oath to his father, the king, to maintain secrecy until he had completed his knight's training. The king? The Baron turns to Adamant. Go and get him, Adamant, for Eddie's sake! Adamant rushes out. Ethelberta puts her hand over her mouth and sinks down back into her chair. Oh, my 
goodness. Yisa rushes over, kneels by her side, and takes her hands. Mother! Mother! There's no reason that Morag and I can't wed now! Wed? The door opens, and Morag comes in. Good morning, my lord. He turns to Ethelberta and bows. My lady? He turns back to the baron. Sire, I wish to take this opportunity of my return to offer my hand in marriage to your daughter, Wisa. Is this acceptable to yourself? Yes! Yes! It is! It is! The baron turns to his daughter and smiles. Oh, it is, is it? Yisa jumps up, runs to, and clasps her father's arm. It is to me, father. And... and what objection could you possibly have? Objection! Objection! She recovers from her shock and comes to herself. She hastens across to the baron's side, taking his other arm. Of course not! How could your father have any objection at all, dear? She looks at the baron, who looks at her and smiles again. The baron then looks at Morag. Well, I couldn't, could I? He takes Yisa's hand and gives it to Morag. Welcome to our family, your highness. He bows to Morag, who bows back, while Ethelberta executes a very low, slow, wobbly curtsy. Yeah! They throw their hats into the air, and Yisa smiles as Morag kisses her on her hand and then looks up at her. was an episode of the baroness's beef for this episode i would like to thank our incredible cast charles node andrew veal david mccran kitty bennett helen very linda dutson sam parry sophie cole vicky holding and zoe cunningham i hope you have a relaxing and lazy weekend i'd like to thank the brilliant steve cummings for editing this episode and the amazing david berlin for making the music if you want to support us, drop us a review or rating wherever you listen to us. If you want to know more about the world of the Greenlands, or you want to slowly fade into the background hum of the universe, check out www.the-greenlands.com. The-greenlands.com. We love you all, and remember, it can always be much worse. For example, walruses could be much bigger. <laughs> <laughs>